0: this is She Buys It with Whitney Nicely. so glad that y'all are here with us on the She Buys It podcast. Irene is here with me from Ohio today and she has an awesome story about how she was able to buy her uncle's house and help her dad out at the same time. She's a real estate investor but her passion is with credit repair so we're going to talk about some of that today too. Y'all, Irene is going to be a fantastic guest and I'm so excited. Is there anything I missed? No, I think you pretty got it on. Go Cavs. Okay. Go Cavs. All right. Okay. So I am completely obsessed with the first deal and you've got two houses right now, two rental houses. So tell me about the first one. Tell me how you found it. Tell me what was going on with it. Tell me where you were in life. Tell me, you know, where you were two or three years ago. And just one day you said, you know what? I'm going to start buying some houses. Like take me back to the beginning.
1: Okay, so the very, very first house that I have, I actually inherited from my grandfather. And being a renter my entire life, I'm like, oh, I got to take care of this house now. Because you always hear people say, like, don't sell your grandparents' house. So I literally struggled with that, um, going back and forth with myself. Because I'm like, I really don't want the responsibility of a house. But then once I actually, I'm like, well, let me move in the house. Save some money. You know, the house to pay for. I'm paying like $800 in rent. Like, why not? So once I moved in the house, it's really not that bad. Like people, people complain about like the upkeep of a house. Like I don't like taking out the trash, but I would have to take the trash out if I stayed in an apartment. I'm not big on cutting the grass, but I had a husband like go go do what you do. Um, and then my yeah. dad, he helps out a lot. So my dad, he's got MS, but he was um, he was licensed he was a licensed plumber and electrician growing up. So he knows about all that stuff. So anything that I, any interest that I did have with the house, he helped anyway. So well, that
0: was, you know, people complain, you nailed it right there. People are going to complain about everything, whether they own it or not. And whether they're paying somebody else's mortgage or not, you still have to take the trash out. You still have to mow the yard. Like you might as well be getting some assets for this on your balance sheet. Like why not be right. the homeowner? Like, But people are just gonna complain. You nailed that. People complain, full sentence (laughs) about everything. Everything. So your dad was helping out, anything that needed to be repaired, and everybody's just chipping in and taking care of this house. And now you don't have to pay eight hundred dollars a month in rent. I love it.
1: Yep. And the house, um, like when I inherited it, it was free and clear. Like literally the only only thing I had to pay was the taxes and the house insurance. Awesome. Um, Second deal. So the second house that I have is actually the house that my dad lives in. So my uncle, he lives um, down south, and he was renting the house to my dad because my dad's got my dad's got Section 8, and he just didn't want the house no more. So he's like, Irene, if you just pay the taxes on the house, it's yours. So I'm like, okay. And what well, say? A, like a,
0: Section When you say pay the taxes on the house, like the back taxes on the house. Oh, the back taxes on the house. Okay, cool.
1: So it was almost, um, it was almost like $40,000. So I'm like, you know, the house is worth, I got, um, I had had some, one of my realtor friends run comps in the area and the house was worth like 85 K and I'm like,
0: why wouldn't I buy this house? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. So you bought it for like 50 cents on the dollar just by paying the back taxes. Like that is just paying up taxes is such a great investment strategy that I don't think a lot of people pay attention to. And if you would talk to more people and tell more people that that's how you bought that house, I think you might be surprised at the people that would come to you and say, you know what, I got a house that I'm behind on taxes. Do you want it before it goes to the county courthouse steps? And I love that you bought it before it went through like the tax deed sale or the tax tax Yeah, because Mm -hmm. then it screws up the title work and- that's a lot of paying somebody else to push some paperwork when we could have just fixed it in the yep. beginning instead of waiting out this big thing on it. So good about, for you. The thing about taxes is,
1: like, especially when it's property taxes, the county doesn't want to take your house. The county wants to take your house because you have completely neglected, like,
0: paying, paying what you owe. So um,
1: when but I got ha- it, like,
0: I it put happens. The house- People get behind on taxes for lots of great reasons. You know, some being that they're not around. Sometimes people inherit houses and they don't realize that they have to pay the taxes because it hasn't Mm -hmm. been in their like, you know, budget. And so there's lots of great reasons that people get behind on taxes, but if you can solve that problem, sellers will gladly give you the house for what the taxes are owed on it because they're not gonna get anything anyway. Right. I think um, like in markets like Cleveland,
1: there's no reason for you not to pay your property taxes. Like on the, so the house that I was living in, I ended up moving out and renting out. The property taxes on the house is like $900 a month. I mean, not $900 a month. Oh baby, $900. <laughs> this sounds like California taxes. <laughs> no, $900 a year. So like, um, Cleveland is a really good market to invest in, and have like a lot of cash flow. I think people they get intimidated by the idea of real estate investing because for some reason we're in this space with investing and being a business owner and just doing anything that that does not equate to punching a clock for somebody else. People are always like, Oh, well, how much did it cost for you to do this? Like there is nowhere that you can make money and not have to spend money or have money, like make some type of, um have some type of like operating expense so it's
0: like it's an investment it's either an investment in your business investment in your time i mean when you go to college that's an investment people pay to get a degree to go to work to pay this stuff off like it's the same thing and you totally nailed it people are so upset about the cost to get started they can't see friday much less five years from now and how much money they're gonna have coming in, much less 50 years from now and how many properties they could have if they would just get started. Just get
1: started, yep. And not be worried about, oh, well, like how much money do you have to spend? Like, for instance, like I'm in a, I'm in a Cleveland area, that first house that I rent out, I get $900 a month for the house and rent. And my taxes are $900 a year. So you mean to tell me, like you don't want to get started in real estate investing in a market like Cleveland because you want, you don't want to, you don't, you want to risk not making nine hundred dollars a month because you don't want to pay nine hundred dollars a year in taxes? Like that makes no sense.
0: Well, people are so used to having to work for every nine hundred dollars that they get that the idea of just nine hundred dollars coming into your bank account. So for eleven months you get nine hundred dollars, and one month you let somebody else pay the property taxes on it. People don't see that in their head because what do you mean? I just get $900 a month. Like that blows their mind. And then they're trying to think of how they're gonna come up with $900 to pay the taxes. Mm -hmm. It's not like that, it's somebody else paying it. Mm
1: -hmm. You just don't
0: collect that month.
1: Yeah, you just gotta know how to manage your money. And I do agree with you, I think a lot of it is mindset. So prior to me inheriting the house, like, or no, when I did inherit it, I was like, oh no, I don't wanna own no properties. Like I wanna sell the house. Like I don't wanna do nothing with real estate. And then I started being in the credit repair industry. I started meeting like a lot of people who were real estate investors or people who own primary homes and maybe they're like house hacking and rented out another unit. And I'm like, y'all making money and not even doing nothing? (laughs) So it's like, it completely changed my mindset. And I think that's why it's so important to be very conscious of the people that you have like in your mental space. I think a lot of times we get hung up on Oh, well, I've been friends with such and such for 40 years, but it's like, what is being friends with that person doing for you, productivity-wise? Like, are they pushing you to do better, to want to know more? And, like, the friends that I've been making these past couple of years have, like, are all in different spaces, doing different things, and I'm like, huh, (laughs) I'm intrigued, so...
0: I'm so glad you were exposed to that, you know, different kind of money lifestyle. Because I had a lady a couple weeks ago say, "You know what? I know you talk about real estate and you're making great money, and that's really cool. But my friends would be so uncomfortable if I started making an extra $5,000 a month, and I was like, or even $5,000 a year. You know, that would break into a different tax bracket, and that blew her mind. And she was like, "I don't want to make my friends uncomfortable if I start making more money." And I was like, "You just your friends." That's how are you living? right now, just to make sure your friends aren't uncomfortable. What if your kid wants something? What if you wanna go on vacation? What, what are you gonna care about your friends when you're stuck in a 10 by 10 concrete box when you are old because you never bought these houses? Like, what are you gonna care about your friends then?
1: People. And they always say birds of a feather flock together. Like, okay, so you making $5,000 more a month than you were before, go find some new friends. Like, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're not kids. And I think the older you get, the more important it is to make sure that the people that you have around you are people of similar interests. Because just having people in your circle consistently or like consistently interacting with people who have no interest in what you're doing or like no interest in progressing is going to bring you down every time.
0: My dad, every I was time. dating. I was dating a guy, I was out of college, but I was dating a guy that I'd gone to high school with. And I was hanging out with all my high school friends again. And it was awesome because it was comfortable. I knew them, you know, we'd grown up together and everything was great. But my dad told me one day, he said, you know, look, look, they're gonna be in this place in 10 years and in 20 years and in 30 years. And Mm -hmm. do you still wanna be here then? Yep. And I thought, Now I got some other things I wanna do. I wanna go see some things. I wanna get some things. I wanna have some things. And you have to change the conversation. If you wanna add $5,000 a month in rental income, then Mm -hmm. find some people with $10,000 a month in rental income. Then find somebody with 20 and keep growing because these people are gonna have different conversations. They're Mm gonna have different goals. They're gonna have different ideas. They're gonna say, I tried this, it didn't work. It didn't work, yep. (laughs) Don't, Don't waste your time on that. But try it like this. I went to dinner last
1: like night. That that fear that we have of like starting something new, once you like really expand your circle and like meet those people who have already made the mistakes you've made, like they're gonna make sure you don't make those mistakes. Like when I wanted to sell my grandpa's house, one of my friends, she's like a real big real estate investor, and she's like, "Irene, if you sell the house, I'm gonna punch you in your face." And I'm like, "That's a bit harsh." But <laughs> I, I didn't sell the house and she helped me with getting the house rented. So, and like, literally I tried to rent the house on my own. Cause I was one of those people who's like, Oh, I don't want to spend no money to do this. Even though I was a business owner, like already. And I know that like you have to spend money to make money because I was still uncomfortable with like the real estate investing thing. I'm like, Oh no, I'm going to just post these pictures on Facebook and get it rented. Mm-mm. My house sat empty for like three months. Once I decided to hire a realtor, who hired a professional photographer who photographed the house, got it listed on the MLS, my house was rented in five days.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, that is awesome. I, I went to dinner with some people last night and it was the first time I'd been to dinner with one of the couples that was there. Everybody else knew that I'm like very pro real estate. And this one dude kept saying, no, you don't want to be a landlord. It's scary. I know such and such. And they did this and that and the other and no, no, no. You don't want to be a landlord. No, 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 don't do that, blah, blah, blah. And I finally, I couldn't take it anymore. And everybody else could see that I was about to explode. And I finally said, oh my gosh, I made $5,800 today because my tenants renewed their lease. I said, and he said, no, you got to go through evictions. You can't just make money like that. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, I've had four evictions, three in this same house. And over the last three years, I've made $72,000 on that house. And he was just like, I mean, just dropped his mouth. And he was just like, I don't have anything else to say. But you know, at first, I gotta tell you this, this is kind of embarrassing. At first I thought, be a lady, don't tell this guy that he's an idiot, be nice, Don't say anything. Just let him have his opinion. And I thought, no, forget that. He's poisoning the well that everybody else is drinking out of right now. And I got to stop this dude right in his tracks. And I did. And I, I tried not to be super aggressive and shut him down completely, but I can't stand that crap. We got to quit repeating those bad stories. And you know what I, what I absolutely
1: hate. I feel like having a vagina like people just automatically assume like oh you need to be humble you need to be this but it's like when I see when I see you guys like praising like I've got friends like female friends that are into the trucking industry when I see you guys like praising hand over fist like guys with six trucks when I have female friends with 12 trucks that you guys pay no attention to it's like fuck that humble. like
0: that's mm -hmm. exactly what I thought but my Um, first reaction was be nice. Don't say anything. Nope. Don't. But And then I thought, who are you? Stand exactly. up and tell him who you are. Exactly. And I, it's funny you bring up trucking because I've got an interview with the state uh, DBE today at noon. And I'm a little nervous about it because they're approving my application to get government jobs as a woman owned business. And I, I mean, it's all the truth. I've done everything I can, but it's just that It's that last thing, I got to get this one guy to be on my side and say, yeah, she is who she says she is and she is doing this. And I just have one truck, but you know, I have dreams and goals of having six and 12 trucks, but I got to do this before I can get there. Yep. But you got to be strong in it. You got to roll. So I found you on Instagram. Will you tell everybody how I found you and what what the deal was?
1: so there was actually this post. So on Twitter, or just I think in social media in general, but especially on Twitter, there's like pockets of Twitter. So um, the particular pocket that I think I kind of fall into, or like, I follow a lot of people. Um, but they are like, people that look like me, that own that own stuff like own properties, own stocks, uh, do real estate investing, like, do digital marketing but like people that are making um, untraditional money and when I when I say untraditional money like people who most or a lot of the money that they make does not come from
0: the nine to five. yeah Yeah. there
1: and there there are some who are in that pocket who have nine to fives but who also own real estate and do house hacking and stuff like that but for the most part like that that little pocket um, is like where where you'll see me Pop up every now and then. So, um one of them, one of the people I follow had started this post that was like the property and the owners. So, it's like you posted a picture of your property and then you posted a picture of yourself. And I'm like, oh, I can get you, get you with this. So, it kind of went viral and then like over poured onto Instagram. And people were like, oh,
0: it's women there too. Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a couple of us. Here, doing it I all. got so excited when he started posting the women too, because I was like, you know, I just love celebrating. I call them mom, paw investors because we think of real estate investing. And I think of old white guys as With landlords. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those yep. guys are landlords and I don't look like those guys. I don't talk like those guys and mm-hmm. I don't act like those guys. I don't invest like those guys. But nope. this post and this hashtag is celebrating people who don't fit the typical ter- stereotypical model of a landlord and I love yep. celebrating mom-paw investors I call them mom-paw investors I feel like a mom-paw investor because I'm just me and I just right. buy houses
1: yeah everybody that I know is uh, is a mom-paw invest- investor and it makes I think being like a regular person and then seeing other regular people like it's like oh I can really I can really do this
0: I have this idea in my head, what a real estate investor looks like. And they're super polished and they're super professional and they're super rich. And when I actually started getting into investing, I'd look around, I'd go to auctions and I'd look around and I'd say, you know, who are the guys bidding? who are the real investors here? And a lot of times they were the guys wearing overalls. They were the guys wearing their trucking outfit. They were the guys wearing their plumbing t-shirt. They were like real business owners. Not who I expected to come down from wall street or something. And then I realized that I could just be me and still invest a lady that I coached yesterday asked me what she should wear to an appointment to look at houses or to rent her house. And I was like, wear whatever you're comfortable. in." I've never seen you in anything that wasn't professional. I've never seen you in anything that didn't look like a real estate investor because what does a real estate investor look like? Right. People, people are real estate investors. Yep. I love that. Uh, What is the hashtag if anybody wants to find what we're talking about? Or who is the guy that started it? Because I've seen it shared on lots of different places. You know what, I don't even know. I know, like, it was just this
1: long thread. I don't know if they did a hashtag, but then people just started posting the um, they just started posting a post from Twitter, onto Instagram.
0: Um, I saw it on Instagram. Was it on Blacker Pockets or Blacker was it- Pockets? Yes, it was. Was that who it was? Okay, Blacker yep. Pockets. Hash, um, the at sign Blacker Pockets, and there's a whole. There's probably three or four different hashtags that they're running with it. But I love it, and Aisha Shelton was in on that too, and she was sharing a bunch of posts, and uh, she's yep. fantastic too. She's another one. She, she, she. Yeah, she. Yep,
1: yeah. I love Aisha. Yeah, she is a and rock star, I, and I and I love that Aisha like she kills it in real estate which isn't even like her bread and butter like her real estate is like her play money <laughs> and she she's not humble about it and <laughs> like no it, but don't be like no. you don't have to be humble because if, if there was a man that was doing half of what Aisha was doing in business and he was like out here like talking his shit and living his life nobody would care but like oh, she's got a vagina, so she's supposed to be humble.
0: No, no. Talk that. Talk, I had a, I I had a guy in December on a coaching call and he called me, he told me I was too intense. Like it was a bad thing. And I was like, dude, intense has got me where I am. Being aggressive has got me where I am. And that's who I am. Like my mom is proud that I'm intense and aggressive. Exactly. She mm-hmm. raised me to be that way. And you're just on a call with me for an hour and telling me I need to be, I need to smile more and be pretty.
1: Who are
0: you? And
1: it's because it's like, they don't expect us to like do what we're doing. Like, I take care of my mom. I take care of my dad. I take care of my household. Like, you're not gonna tell me I don't get to talk my shit. Like,
0: no, you're not. You're not at all. Nope. I mean, my husband is glad that I'm an independent woman. You know, like, I'm not married to this dude. Who are you to tell me how to act?
1: You're exactly. not my daddy.
0: Yep. I have a daddy and he's proud of me. <laughs> yep. And my
1: and my daddy tell me all the time, Talk your shit, baby. And I was like,
0: Okay, okay, dad. Okay, okay. My mom was raised though to be the woman in the office that never had an opinion, never knew the best business answers. She was just supposed to, you know, do the tickets and make the invoices and collect the checks and just come and go, but still be dedicated. Right. She didn't raise me that way. Mm-mm. And I'm not gonna play that role. Right. And, I love it. You know, a lot of times, like in these
1: businesses, a lot of these businesses aren't even successful without a woman being the backbone. So it's like, why are you telling me to be humble? Why are you expecting me to be humble? Like, I, went,
0: I went to an event last week and I'm trying to find an assistant in Knoxville that can help me run some events and do some things. And okay. this guy is teaching me how to run these events and speak and all this stuff. And I looked around and noticed he's got an assistant and a wife. Mm-hmm. helping him and I was talking to him on a break and I was like you know this that and the other he was like oh well just let your assistant do it and I was like I don't have an assistant and then I said you know in dinner last night your wife had that all set up I don't have a wife like how am I supposed to do this without these people that you don't even like I mean he acknowledges them he appreciates them but they're just so convenient to him that he doesn't realize how blessed he is to have those people helping him mm-hmm. not at all So the woman is a lot of times running a lot of different things and running your household. So you can take these pretty Christmas pictures (laughs) and look super successful on vacation. (laughs) And you want me to be humble. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm okay. You know, if a woman wants to play that role, like play your role, that's fine. Do it. If you want to be a stay at home mom, fine, do it. But I talk to a lot of stay at home moms that say, you know, I love it but I also want some spending money. I also want some cash to come in, but I don't have time to do a nine to five. I don't have time to do an MLM and I say, we'll get you three or four houses. They make three or $400 extra every month. Now you got a couple grand coming in or you've got one house that brings in $900 a month. You could have two houses and almost bring in two grand a month. And then you've got plenty of spending money that you don't have to ask for. Nope, this is yours. You can do these deals. You definitely can. So tell me about the credit repair. What do you have going on over there? And is that the other business that you're running? Or is that one of the other businesses that you're running? Or So my, um, my fin-
1: and I say financial services only because uh, we offer uh, more than just credit repair. So Canada Financial is the name of my business. And we offer credit repair, tax preparation, and student loan services. So um, how did I get started in that? Yeah, listen, it all goes back to this house that I inherited. Um, well, my grandpa did pass, he left me that house and he left me like $50,000. So my credit was like terrible. I think my credit was like in the low 400s. And what do we do when we got shit credit and we want to fix it and we got some money? Let me, let me pay off everything. So I paid off $30,000 worth of debt and my score went up 12 points? 12 points. After
0: 30 grand of paying
1: it off? 30K cash. So I had been trying to figure out, like, what in <laughs> what the hell just what just happened? So I had heard about credit repair um, here in Cleveland, but everybody that I knew here that was doing it or everybody that I was, like, coming into that was doing it, I'm like, my credit only went up 12 points, so there no way in hell I'm giving you my personal information. Like, they just didn't seem legit. So I've always been a – uh, figure it out or yeah fig- figure it out or <laughs> <So>, DIYer <laughs> yeah like, I just uh I started just doing a bunch of research on like credit repair credit scoring um the credit reporting system like the credit laws because a lot of people they think oh credit repair is a scam and it's like no what's a scam is that you will keep buying cars with a 20% APR but won't pay a couple hundred dollars to get your credit fixed. That's what the real scam is. Um, But like, I didn't know that credit repair was even like an industry like governed with federal and state laws. Like credit repair is very legal, um, except for in the state of Georgia. But yeah, everywhere else credit repair is is a real thing. So I just started doing a bunch of research. Um, 2016, I started helping some friends family, co-workers, and that was also the year that I graduated college finally. Um, 2017, I had applied for an internal position at my job, and I had been there. It's literally the only job I ever had my entire life. I had got hired when I was 17. I quit in 2017. I was 30, um, but I quit because I applied for an internal job that I was supposed to have. Like They ended up firing the internal recruiter for mishandling the job, but y'all firing him didn't give me a job. So I ended up quitting and I'm like, I'm gonna just push Hannah Financial full time and hit the ground running. So my last official day at my job was July 7th, 2017 and that was my 13th year anniversary and I've been full time business owner ever, ever since. 7
0: 7 17?
1: Yep. That's awesome. It's, it's funny because every year I do like a crazy, um, my quit day special. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to it this year. Because Quit Day and Black Friday would be the only two uh, specials that I run this year. But <clears throat> it's, uh, it's always fun. And then I, like, go through the pictures that I've taken over the years at work with my work plan. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely a hell of a journey. That's awesome. So tell hmm. me how you
0: named Hannah Financials. So... My grandpa, everything like my grandpa, he was like just the best person in the world, really. My papa was my best friend, and I cry talking about him, but like I learned so much, and I swear he's still with me, like he's one of my angels. Because I still get hit with daily lessons, and I'm like, Thanks, papa, got it. I I hear you loud Uh, and clear, you can quit yelling at me. (laughs) You ain't got to tell me twice.
1: So, my grandpa, um. He was like one of the first business owners in my family. And he had a lounge in Cleveland called the Hannah Lounge. So Hannah Financial was kind of my uh, ode to him. And yeah. I love that. Yep. Well, good. So, that's, that's how I started. And I, when I started my business, I knew I didn't want to offer just credit repair. So I didn't want to put like, I didn't want to name it like Hannah, Hannah's credit repair because I knew I wanted to offer other financial services with it. Like uh, next week I'll be launching Hannah Financial University, which is like my online learning platform. So it'll be, it's a, it'll be a digital, a digital school with like monthly tuition, but you'll have access to like all of my financial classes, like how to start your business credit, how to repair your own credit, how to do a budget, how to start an LLC. Um, one of my friends, like he's in the stocks, he's going to do a class on how to get uh, started trading stocks so
0: yeah that is awesome uh just a funny side note do people call and ask for hannah they do you know (laughs) Um,
1: first, well one you can't call and like get me on the phone like if you call my 800 number it goes to my customer service team but i literally like people will send me emails and i'll be like hey or like they'll be like hey hey hannah and i respond back verbatim hey my name is Irene not Hannah and then they'll respond back so Hannah and then I'm like I'm done with you I don't even want to talk to you no more and then they'll send me a follow-up email like two days ago I mean two days later hey per email and then I'll respond back hey this is Irene's inbox not Hannah's so reading is so fundamental and people don't (laughs) people don't understand
0: No, not at all. And I'm running nine companies, you know, five of them, like every single day, four of them are holding companies, but five. And so I get the craziest. I'm like, how could you even think that was my name? Like, this is clearly a robot just taking the first name off of whatever and rolling with it. People, people are so people God would love them. (laughs) Yeah all right and you mentioned that credit repair was legal or cool everywhere except georgia what's the deal with georgia yeah so georgia um the attorney general like you can't charge people
1: for credit repair services in the state of georgia um it's been like that i think since like 2001 because credit repair back in the day was doing fake identity uh identity theft claims yeah like going and filing a fake police report and saying that your identity got stolen and, and then <laughs> Yeah. And then using that to wipe your credit reports off with. And Georgia was like one of the leading states for fake identity theft claims. So and what were they why were they doing it? As credit repair. So the attorney general was like, no, this is illegal. We're not issuing credit repair licenses. Like you can't perform credit repair services here. And if you get caught performing credit repair services here, like as a as a Georgia resident, like a business established in Georgia, we're gonna find you. Yeah. And I know somebody who got fined like a hundred thousand dollars a couple months ago. hmm And ended up shutting down he's got he had
0: like a whole bunch of other businesses like end up shutting down shop everywhere. <laughs> it's just not worth it at that point. Mm-hmm. I could I could see where that would be a huge hurdle to overcome. Yeah. I think it's funny that Georgia was leading charge in 2001 and now we're in 2020 and they're not up to speed anymore. Like they said it and forget it. What are they They, doing?
1: They did it, but it's like, I think it's one of the things that is really hard to enforce, especially because like the people that are doing it, a lot of them, they're not doing like advertisement in newspapers and things like that. Um, And I think, Credit repair is one of those things, like, when I tell people, like, you can Google is credit repair legal in Georgia, and it'll tell you, like, no, it's not. But people see the guys in the shiny suits, and they're like, oh, well, I know such and such is doing it, and it's like, just because they're doing it with a shiny suit on, like, doesn't mean it's right.
0: No. I see bandit signs in Georgia, though, advertising that they do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are, and a lot of times, like,
1: the companies that they crack down on, that's how they get caught, because you guys are just willy-nilly, doing whatever. And, and in all honesty, there are a lot of people who are doing credit repair in Georgia that don't even know that you're operating an illegal business. Solely off the fact, because they just haven't done their due diligence.
0: Like, it seems like it would be something basic that you would learn.
1: You'd be surprised. These people, they, they get into credit repair, and they, like, they feel like it's easy money, or I can make a lot of money, and it's like, there are very few of us that are doing this full-time, like, as a full-time business, and like being able to really scale and grow but they they get into it because they feel like it's quick money or because somebody's scamming uncle showed y'all how to do something fraudulent and they don't really look into it further after that and it's like no this is this is an actual industry like governed by actual laws
0: but that's what I I said earlier you know people can't see past Friday they can't see past next month to see that yeah. oh this could actually get me in a lot of trouble like I need to actually be learning on my own instead of just chasing a quick buck and please also remember that in credit repair you're taking people's lives into your hands it's not about how fast you can make money it's about the long term how are you going to grow this and you said it perfectly how are you going to scale it how are you going to sustain it it's a business y'all and people don't understand that they
1: don't get it at all
0: well, I'm glad you're out there helping people and, you know, teaching them the right way. And I'm also glad you're encouraging them. And you mentioned your realtor friend earlier who helped you rent your first house. And I want to just take a second to celebrate the people that have poured into you and taught you how to do this the right way so that you could give back to others. And teach- been women, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Women helping women, baby. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I tell my girls, you know, I could go buy 10 houses and I could help 10 lady sellers get rid of problems. But I like to help 10 people a month, go help 10 people and then I feel like I get to help 100 people a month. And then that's 1000s of people by the end of the year like And that's how you make a big impact and that's how you really scale and grow. But you have to start helping people. And I love seeing women helping women. I love seeing small business owners helping small business owners. And I love all of everything you got going on. And you really just got to
1: get started. Like, I think we get so caught up in oh, well, what if
0: this happens or what do I do? And it's like, just get started. That's all you got to do. I mean, none of us knew how to drive a car when we got started, but we figured it out. A lot yes. of women out here are having babies and they don't really know what to do when they get started, but they figure it out. Exactly. It's the same with your business. Get started, you will figure it out. You will figure it out. Yes, you will. Awesome. Irene, do you have any advice for women besides get started? Do you have any advice for women who are getting into real estate? Or if they want to, yeah. tell me about the real estate first. If a woman's trying to get started in real estate, what kind of advice do you have for her? Um, I think it depends on how you want to come in so like
1: i was i felt like i was in a in a really good position to start building my real estate portfolio because one i inherited a house free and clear two when i did decide to get started in the real estate business like i already had the equity in that house that i could do whatever i wanted to do with. i had really good credit so you just really need to decide like how you want to come into it and a lot i think coming into real estate, people feel, oh, well, I don't have the money to do it. I don't, it's like, are you the money? Get your credit together. Like there, there are ways to get started with anything without having $5,000 just willy nilly sitting in my savings account. But you just, you have to be realistic with yourself. Like, what do I need to do? Or what do I need to fix with me to be in a position to do what I want to do? And a lot of the times we don't want to have those realistic conversations with ourselves. Like, oh, I, and and I hear, I hear all the time, like, oh, well, I don't want to, I can't get started in real estate, because, you know, like, I got a couple things on my credit, okay, so get that shit fixed, like, what's, what's stopping you, nobody's stopping you, but you, I think we, we need to realize that, like, a lot of stuff that we don't do, a lot of stuff that we don't take care of, is just because we don't want to have realistic conversations with ourselves, we don't want to set realistic tasks and goals for what we need to do for ourselves, and I think it's, it's really hard, especially as a woman, because even though there are a lot of us that are financially independent, that are out here killing the business, we're still the caretakers of the world. Like we're still taking care of our kids, taking care of our parents, taking care of our husbands, taking care of our siblings. Like, but there comes a point where you have to sit down and be like,
0: I need to take care of this shit for myself. And I also want to remind everybody, as far as I know, there's not a knight in shining armor that's going to come rescue you. You have to take care of this shit for yourself. Yep, you absolutely do. Woman up and let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What advice do you have somebody that is wanting to repair their credit so they can get into real estate and put these realistic plans into place?
1: Get started. Like, just just bite the bullet and realize that this is what I need to do to get to where I want to be, and awesome. once you once you overcome that hurdle, like I do, um, credit clarity calls. So like, I'll be on the phone with people. We'll go through their credit reports, and they like, I'm ready to get started. And literally, the hardest thing for me was just realizing that I needed to get my shit together. And I'm like, yes, self self actualization is, is a really good thing. Yes, <laughs> I'm here. I've actually, um, you you're in Tennessee. Yeah. So I'm flying to Nashville next weekend because I have a client. He's actually from Cleveland, but he lives in um, Nashville. He just bought a house and they're closing next weekend. So I'm gonna go get a video testimonial from him and I'm giving him a really nice housewarming gift.
0: I love that and you're taking care of the people that are taking care of you. I love that.
1: And I think it's really important for people to see like credit repair works. Like if you do what you need to do on your end credit repair works. Absolutely. And he was one of those people who did what we told him to do on his end. They went through the credit repair program, and now you're closing on a new deal. So,
0: I love it too because you're actually living your life. You're not just hustling; like you're taking time out to go celebrate somebody else. And a lot of times we forget to celebrate these milestones that we've hit. We forget to mm-hmm. celebrate the people's lives we've impacted. Like this trip to Nashville is so important. I wish more people went and celebrated each other and. These goals that we're achieving together, like that is awesome, just in itself. I'm excited. Good. Be, Mama got a new suit and everything. So yeah, <laughs> I'm really excited. Well, fantastic. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they find Hannah Financial? Um, you can Google us, so it's H A N N A
1: H Financial. Um, HannahFinancial.com. if you guys want to follow me on instagram my instagram is credit queen irene and eh, i got a nice little ring to it i um, like it my business instagram hannah financial um you guys can find me on facebook irene day that's me i'm smiling like real big in my profile picture like this she's <laughs> it up me too
0: oh
1: <laughs> yeah just hit, hit me up y'all give me give me a follow um If you, oh, my credit clarity call. So like if you are in a space where you like, oh, like my credit might not be where I need to be, but I'm not sure if I need credit repair, you can schedule a credit clarity call on on our website and we'll go through your actual credit reports with you. Like give you course of action, things that you need to do on your end to help your credit, assess whether or not you would need credit repair, um, answer any questions
0: about your credit reports that you have. So, yeah. Awesome. That sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. This was an awesome conversation. I've learned a ton and you've renewed my energy for today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Y'all don't forget to subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to the She Buys It channel. If you're listening on podcasts, don't forget to subscribe. If you have any comments, drop them down below. And I have a free gift for you. Go to getyourfirstdeal.com so I can help you get started in real estate Irene, thank you so much for being here. And I hope we will have you on again. This is awesome conversation. See y'all next week.